Welcome to the Elevate Leaders Podcast. I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us today. I cannot wait to dive into our episode today. I have a great friend, Valerie Mobley. She's a staff director over at the church we both attend here in Palm Desert, California. And we're going to be going over what it looks like to effectively lead a volunteer-based organization. Valerie has been on staff at Champion Life Church for the past several years and made some really great strides in turning around some volunteer-based teams, and she's going to be sharing that knowledge with us today. And before we get into that, I want to thank everybody for subscribing, for sharing this, uh, for commenting on this podcast. It goes a long way in spreading the word about how we want to go out and help others lead effectively in their life and in their business. So, I sat down with Valerie a couple of weeks ago and we went over great topics here. This first episode, we're going to break it down into two parts. Actually, this first episode, we're going to go into a little bit about what she's done uh, and then get into some practical tools on what it looks like to lead teams based on volunteers. Enjoy. So I want to say, first of all, welcome and I'm excited to have you you on here. And then just to give people an idea about who you are and a little bit about you get in some questions about that, but then really diving into a conversation about how to lead volunteers here. So first of all, um, tell us how long you've been volunteering on staff at our church, Champion Life Church here in Palm Desert, and why you love doing this so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited uh, to to be here with you and, and hang out and yeah, like you said, we've, we've done church for a while, so which is great. And you've seen my um, my journey, but what I love is that you've seen some of probably my epic fail- failures. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Same so. <laughs> here. Same here. So thank you for being gracious and still asking me to be on this. No, but uh, I've been at the church for, I think, going on 13 years now. Just almost as long as it's been in existence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is pretty trippy. So our yeah. anniversary is going to be on the 15th. Or, 15-year anniversary in October. Yeah. Um, so I've been there for a long time, for a hot minute. But I've been on staff for four years, coming up on four years, I think. Okay. So, yeah. So I've been there for a long time, but not not at this capacity. Right. Just being there. Doing, being a part of different teams. And, yeah, yeah. And doing my journey with Jesus and loving on people. But in the trenches and leading at um, this level has been about four years. But even then, that has changed dramatically. Yeah. God does a lot in, in a short period of time. Oh, yeah, rapid. <laughs> and that's that's the cool thing. That's so cool. true because he does that rapid yeah. thing real quick. Yeah. Um, and it accelerates you into yeah. an area that you, you have thrived in recently. But, I mean, yeah. you've done everything from leading worship yeah. to being in child care yeah. to... Just running a whole bunch of different teams. Tell us what you do now and the capacity in which you kind of are on staff now. Yeah. I always think of this episode in I Love Lucy where um, I can't think of the exact one, but she goes into a small town and the guy there who's helping her happens to be the gas station pump man, happens to be the check-in at the hotel registry. I think I've seen a clip of that. <laughs> and he's putting on different hats and that's what he's doing. And it's just a funny you know, episode, but I always think of that because that's what I feel like I've done at Champion Life Church with, with all these different things. And even when you had, you know, put, you know, worship leader, I remember I forgot that I did that at Celebrate Recovery. And I forgot that I, you know, had all these different things that God had walked me through. But currently I help oversee um, the 301 base. And for um, those of you, you know, out there who might not know the purpose-driven 
um, structure mm -hmm. or the model, system, of the model of it. Yeah. So um, 301 um, Overseas Ministries. So I am the director over birth to 18. That's a lot. Which is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a huge, it's their ministry. So there are many churches, you know, functioning. It's, you know, um, and then I help oversee our uh, Meet the Pastors okay. team. Um, and then I help oversee anything that has to do with um, social media. So the creative aspect of that. Got it. Um, and then I help also assist and uh, direct um, our Shias, so our women's ministry. Um, I'm trying to think of what else did I write down on here? Cause I know there's probably lots of other things, uh, that it takes to do that. Oh, and then actually help run the class. So we've got the ministry side of through and, but then we've got the class side of the it. next step, the class. next steps yeah. classes. Yeah. Which helps, um, people uh, tangibly find a place to fit and to belong if in, in church. Yeah. You know, because every church is different and right. everyone has different gifts and talents. And so finding where their season is and what yeah. that looks like. So Specifically the giftings and they're, all of that. Yeah. Too, too. That's a fun one. Yes. That's so. my favorite. So yes. those are some of the things. Those are my, my many hats. Many, many hats. So you're yeah. still kind of doing the whole pump the gas, check yeah. the people in, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's at a whole different level now. It is. It's yeah. a whole different level now. Yeah. So we'll get into that and how you've handled all of that. But I know your journey, like you said, we, we, we've seen each other go through different aspects of our journey yeah. in church and, and the volunteering and leading and everything. Mm -hmm. You were kind of always, up until about the four years ago that you talked about, yeah. coming on staff, kind of hesitant, like, mm, I've got school over here, I've got work over here, I've got yeah. career goals and aspirations over here. Yeah. What made you want to go, okay, now's the time I'm, I'm diving into this. Even hearing you say that, I feel, I feel like my chest is tightening. <laughs> I'm like, what was that moment? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, what, what did I write down? What did I tell you? Um, yeah, I think for me, um, early on, I know I know that God had called me to ministry early on. But it's it's so crazy, my, my thought of what ministry looked like back then mm -hmm. and what a saying yes to God looked like back then. And I just kind of felt... It wasn't, I don't want to say my time, or I think I put in here like embracing my insecurities and kind of uh, the more I was doing with Jesus, the more I was saying yes to the things he was calling me to, the layers of different things he was personally working out in me. So it's kind of crazy, kind of when you start to say, okay, yes, God, I am going to take a faith, uh, you know, leap of faith here, and I am going to maybe say yes to this. And, you know, I, I'm still passionate about hair and makeup. I'm still passionate about um, the different things that I was doing. You know, I went to UCR. And even then, looking back, I knew I was called to ministry. And I, don't, I wasn't plugged into any church back then, and this yeah. is before Champion. When I look back and knowing, like, okay, I'm called to – I have this – this passion to share the gospel with people or share mm -hmm. his love. Right. Um, even though I might have been doing it through cosmetology or through university or through birthday parties, I knew that there was something that God was calling me to, but I didn't know what it looked like mm -hmm. in context of ministry like church. So, but I knew that God had me here at Champion Life Church, and I, I knew that he had um, Pastor Eddie and Pastor Tammy, who are phenomenal leaders, um, as my mentors um, and over me, I knew that that if I kept saying yes, they saw something in me. If I kept saying yes to some of the things that they were asking me to, somehow I would find myself 
walking and some of the things God called me to. But yeah. it took me a while because I did say no to pastor for a while in some areas. You did, yeah. Like, no. I remember, yeah. I'm like, when's she going to get on board here? No. Like, come on. No, I'm not going to yeah. do that. Uh-huh. No, I'm not going to do this. But I think some of it was just my, my, own, my own insecurities. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm good being the background person. Oh, no, I'm good being this. But if my pastor saw something in me, if mm-hmm. other mentors saw something in me, um, just having that um, – that, I don't know, step of faith or whatever to say, okay, God, I'm going to keep doing what you've called me to do and see where this leads. Right. Yes. And it's often those times of people seeing something that others don't see in themselves and being able to pull them, pull that out of them. Yeah. That's a mark of a great leader right there. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. How has the whole aspect of saying yes to all of this and getting out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. transformed your leadership personally, how you look at it, how you view it, how you do it? I think for me, it's it's really kind of understanding. Like I don't have to know everything to uh, the way my mind thinks. It's like I want to know from point A to B, and I think it's been a, it's going to be my journey for the rest of my life. I want to know the 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 step, the end of this this journey. What does it look like? Because it makes me feel comfortable, it makes me feel safe. Mm, but what yeah. I'm starting to realize more and more with Jesus <laughs> is you have to constantly feel comfortable with being uncomfortable all the time. Yes. And it's not that you're never going to have peace. I think sometimes we think that peace and comfort go hand in hand. Oh, right. Yes. Good point. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. No. And thanks to the, what is it called? The Enneagram test. I am a nine. Yes. So peace and comfort and all those things. So important to you. I am a peacemaker. Yes. It makes me feel good to feel in a good space. But what I've learned is that I don't have to feel comfortable to feel peace. Good. feel that God's with me, mm-hmm. that I'm in a safe place. Um, and so I'm saying that because I have to know that when God's calling me to different things in my leadership, um, I have to be obedient, even when I don't feel comfortable. And it's transformed the way I think about taking the next step in leadership or mm. making that big decision or having the uncomfortable conversation or um, rising to the occasion of whatever God's calling me to, that it's not going to always feel comfortable, but that doesn't mean he's not with me. Right. And yes. it doesn't mean that I don't have peace. That's so good. So really knowing that, and it's helped me with other people when I'm with them and pulling them forward. Like, it's okay that you don't feel comfortable. It's okay. Because you've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And I don't know how comfortable Peter would be walking on the water. Mm. I don't know how comfortable he right. was. No. But the presence of peace was before him, and mm. he went after Good. And knew that this was what he was called to do. That's such a good, so, good analogy there. That's kind of where, that, that's how it's helped my leadership, you know, in that aspect. That's so good. So let's dive into some leadership aspects on how to go about leading volunteers because yeah. it's a whole different type of and group of people who do stuff out of the goodness of their heart and time versus those who are clocking in and out Monday mm-hmm. through Friday. And, and doing it because they're getting paid to do it, even though they still may enjoy it and it could be a passion for them. Right. Um, but you, you mentioned, you know, a couple of years ago, you started leading, you know, basically birth to 18-year-olds within our church. Yeah. And I always admire your yes because you're, you're just gung-ho. <laughs> I'm being placed here. I'll say yes to this. Yeah. I'll do this. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, you go from doing that and, and you just this past Sunday preached on Sunday. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah. You say yes, and and God yes. opens the doors for different things. But talk to us about your journey with turning these teams around, because I will I will say in advance that when you look at an organization, 
you have strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so if you looked at our birth to 18-year-olds, yeah, there was constant turnover within volunteers and leadership yeah. the past several years. Not that it wasn't stable because it was still happening absolutely. every yeah, single week. Absolutely. Yeah. But there was a bit of instability within people like, okay, who's leading it this For sure. This season or, you know, just what curriculum are we going to use this time? And so I want I want you to go into kind of how you went in and fixed everything <laughs> to where it's thriving right now. So for me, I know one of the things I did I did bring up, so God is so good and I love how he uses our weaknesses. That's where, you know, he's strong and he thrives and stuff. Um, to be honest, I didn't know practically how I was going to do this. One, because I've never been at that, I, I've never been leading at that capacity. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've been over worship, you know, for, for Celebrate Recovery and, and over saw some different teams. But to turn something around or to get it to the next level, like you said, not that anything, you know, there were some other great leaders that were there before and it's just... Um, just looks different. And as a church, we were walking into a different season. Mm-hmm. And our pastors were walking, our church was just going somewhere we hadn't been before. Yeah. So in saying that, it's like, okay, how, how do I do this? And the only thing that I could tangibly do that made sense to me was to have personal connection with everybody that was already there before me. So personal connection was a big thing. For it you. was because I, and I know we talked about this before, um, we went live, you know, it was just that, I, I had to roll up my sleeves and have this – I call it surveying the land. Like I yeah. had to see where was everybody at. I didn't know, you know, and I can't come in there. Um, what's that book called? Boundaries – I think it's Boundaries for Leaders. Yes. And Great it's book. called Yes. And there was one part that stuck out to me the most, and I still talk about it now. I, I remember mentioning it to um, some of our leaders at one of our meetings. The seagull – leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, can I say it? I'll, yeah, okay. go for it. Yeah. It's the poop and swoop. The poop and swoop. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> the poop and swoop. <laughs> I always remember Oh, you that. know, that was from Craig Rochelle. Was it? Yes. That was from Craig so Rochelle. So yes. crazy. Podcast before, that he did. And I am a huge Craig Rochelle. Like, I mean, like I listen to his podcast. Every time it comes out, I listen to the same one probably like three, four times over until it gets from like, you know, my head to my heart knowledge type deal because he's just amazing. He is, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I just remember from that from that book, that type of dynamic because it it is about the leader who doesn't really know what's going on coming into an organization just dumping a bunch of we're garbage. Gonna do garbage. We're going to yeah. do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. This is how I foresee things, blah blah blah. And then taking off. Mhm. And then leaving the people who are actually implementing the things and doing these things. Yeah feeling defeated, feeling like this isn't going to work. This You really don't know what's happening tangibly on the floor. And them having to reassure other people, that might sound good, but this isn't going to work. And then going back to what they kind of have been doing just to hold it together. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to be that person. And I, and I didn't think I needed to be that person who's going to come out here with all these amazing ideas. I really wanted to know where are we at? And where are they at individually? Do they even want to be there? Yeah. Because you're talking about volunteers. Right, yeah. It's not like people that are just like, okay, I'm clocking in, clocking out. Like yeah. They yeah. are working all the time. They have yeah. jobs. They have families. They have other stuff going on. And then yeah. they're going to show up and do this. And yeah. and I love that you you had mentioned that whole kind of the seagull approach and just, you know, I mean, because we just did a, a post recently on social media. It's the boss versus the leader. 
yeah, and the aspects of a function of a boss and leader. Mm-hmm. And you just described what a leader does. They roll up their sleeves. They get yeah. in there. They they find out where the mess is. They yeah. show other people that this isn't just somebody sitting on the sidelines right. dictating what to do and how Absolutely. to do it. Uh, it shows that you care. Yes. That's a big aspect of, of yes. especially with volunteers. Well, and I feel like that's, that's kind of what you have to understand is they're volunteers. So I can have a volunteer tell me, I guess I could have a volunteer text me right now and say, you know, Val, I really, I can't, I, I can't do this. This is my last time serving. Yeah. Actually, I, I did have someone do that. To me. <laughs> really? I'm not going to call anyone out, but I did have someone do that to me. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, I was, you know, doing, a, I was on vacation and not, not recently, but I mean, um, well, decent recently. Um, and, um. Of course it happens on vacation too. <laughs> It happens. It happens. And um, and the difference between, you know, someone who's paid is someone who's paid will show up even if they don't want to be there. Yes. And they'll stick it out because, you know, it's, it's you know, it meets their needs and stuff like that. And um, and I don't know if anyone really comes into a boss and says, hey, I'm in a new season and I'd like to step back. I don't need all that money. So if I right. could take half of it, that would still be good, you know? If only. <laughs> if only, you know? Um, and so so for me, I have to understand that 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 God uses ministries. And I know there's, you know, people are listening who, who it might not be in a church aspect, but, um, you know, God uses his church and his ministry to help grow people mm-hmm. and develop people into people yep. that they want to become or the people that don't even know that they're, that they're made to be yet. So again, going in there and having direct conversations with every single person that was there, having transparent conversations, which is why I had to pick up the phone, roll up my sleeves, and then have them be okay with knowing this is a safe space and that they can go ahead and tell me how they really feel, what's really going on. And I had to have those hard conversations if they even wanted to be there. And if they didn't, I would graciously move them to somewhere where they, they're going to feel like they're thriving. Yeah. Um, because it's about me just being a conduit to help them Good. be their best at right. what God's calling them to be. And mm-hmm. their season might be over in kids. Mm-hmm. There, it might be their season actually to rise up in kids mm-hmm. and be that leader. And so I had a, that's how it started. It started with just forming relationships. That's good. Yeah, real conversations. So something that you're you're talking about there, but I'm kind of picking up too is the whole empowerment thing. Yes, as well, because especially with volunteers, yeah. empowerment is huge. Yeah, um, did that play any role in helping turn things? take things to the next level for you? It did because it, it, it let me, it let them know. And it, it was a, uh, an understanding that I'm here to, I know we talk about this now and, you know, more recent, I'm here to delegate authority, not delegate tasks. Yeah. Because if you delegate authority to people, oh my gosh, they'll rise to the occasion. More people, especially if they don't think that you see it in them. Okay. So for instance, and you know the story, but for anyone who doesn't, you know, I had a volunteer who was in there who was just um, just one of the teachers, just overseeing the infant room and just kind of hanging out. And um, but she's actually a manager in her own her own right. I mean, she oversees people in her in her organization. I didn't know that mm. until I had a conversation with her. And then I asked her, "Hey, would you would you want to do that? Would you want to be one of the leaders here who helps oversee?" She ended up becoming my team leader for a couple years, wow. and overseeing the entire thing. Because I asked and because I walked with her and, t- and talked with her and gave her um, a direct uh, response of what this could look like and gave her the room to feel it out. Yeah. Um, so that was huge. And she was just sitting in class as a teacher who was just coming in and serving and that was it. But she was a gem. 
Yes, she she is. You know. Yeah, and everything she did in that time was incredible. Yeah, uh, and it was a catapult for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this this just goes hand in hand, and we're developing kind of like this um, blueprint, so to speak, as we're as we're going along here. Because I'm yeah. I'm seeing how you did this, and first of all, you rolled up your sleeves, you got in there, saw what was going on, uh, got to know your volunteers and the people there. Absolutely. And you wouldn't have you wouldn't have gotten to know uh, that that team leader did what she did if you hadn't taken that approach. Absolutely. And then you see that and you start empowering in that, hey, you already know how to do this. Yeah. Do you want to do this at this level Absolutely. over here? And um, so from a practical aspect, though, because it's great to see the potential in people, empower them to draw it out. Like, what did you practically do, though? What, did, what were your, like, practical steps that you did for people there? Um, let's see like some- as far as, like, training or equipping or... Yes. So training, training and equipping. Um, so communication is huge. And so to practically say communication, what I'm talking about is having, okay, those one-on-one conversations. That was huge because it gave them a safe space to talk one-on-one. I know you mentioned earlier, you know, me, me, why maybe I didn't do it in a huge group. Um, because people can be intimidated by the one loud voice that's mm, there good. or be intimidated by the person who's been there the longest. Yep. Um, and so I wanted to have somewhat transparent conversations. Um, and I, so I, I can only do that in on one-on-one settings. Yeah, that's good. So communication was the, the thing that I had to do practically and it looked like having one-on-one conversations. It looked like having strategic all team meetings as well. Of course. Yeah. Got to throw that in the mix too. Absolutely. Bringing everybody together. And yeah. Craig Crenshaw talks about having, you know, sometimes we have useless meetings. Right. Had a few of those before, don't worry. Yeah, I think everybody I has. There was a mug that said, um, and I still want to get it, it says, another meeting that could have been an email. <laughs> Very good, yes. And it's true. Sometimes we meeting ourselves to death and they're pointless and they're useless. And so... Well, hold on, you know, especially when you're talking about, because with a volunteer, huge factor is time. Yes. And if they feel that's wasted, yes. that's a big deal, isn't it? Oh my gosh, Absolutely. And I know I kind of put this in my, you know, my question thing, you know, I, I can't take my team somewhere I've never been. So I am constantly trying to hone in my leadership skills and make them effective. Like, because like you said, time, time, you don't get time back. That's the one thing you have to leverage. Yeah. And Greg Kishaw has an amazing podcast I've listened to at least 10 times on leveraging my time. Mm-hmm. Saying yes to something, saying no to some things. Because yes. I'm not going to get that back. And, you know, it's important in marriage. It's important in ministry. It's important, you know, I don't have kids yet, but how am I going to leverage my time? And what are the things that um, I'm wasting my time with Good. that I can I can cultivate and hone in? And so meetings was one of them. So I'm not going to have – in the beginning, I did have to have more meetings than we do now because I was re – Calibrating. Calibrating. Yeah changing the culture mm-hmm. um huge and that was big too and so it and then and then training at the same time so i'm trying to do all these things it, it, you know and so it, it, we did have more meetings than we do now so meetings one-on-one conversations um empowering um were huge and so we did have those strategically a lot but the team was okay with that because they knew something was happening yes they knew they were being heard. Mm-hmm. They knew things were changing. Right. Now we have our meetings every six weeks with the entire birth to 
um, 18 year you know, 18 year olds. All about teams, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's because I also empower the team leaders to then at some point they, they split off and have their more direct meetings yes. with mm-hmm. their teams. Their teams, yes. Mm-hmm. So that way if they have them and it only takes half, you know, half hour, great. If it takes, you know, longer, they're awesome. But then that way, again, they're not wasting their volunteers' times because it's so critical. Yeah. That, and that makes me think of something in, in not just leading volunteers, any organization at any level. Mm-hmm. You have now at the point where you just said that, listen, I have a team meeting every six weeks yeah. with everybody there. Yeah. But I have all these other team leaders who are meeting with their teams yeah. on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. You as the leader of that whole ministry there, yeah. birth to 18-year-olds, can't do it all. Can't no. constantly be meeting with these team members. You have delegated authority. Yes. Going back to that, what you talked about before, how how has that allowed you to leverage your time? Talking about time, because yeah. it's not just time as yeah. a volunteer, but if you're leading volunteers, leveraging yes. your time, what has that done for you? It's allowed me to do the things that God's calling me to do mm-hmm. in the season. And the t- and the thing is, is that what I've noticed is that is that when I start to feel this like tension. I know God's calling me to preach. Okay, for instance, preaching. That wasn't on the agenda as far as like, oh, I'm on this pathway to preaching. You know, I love, um, so I got to go to the Zoe conference uh, a couple weeks ago, and there's something that Jensen Franklin said um, in one of his his leadership lean-ins, which, you know, you can you can listen to on podcasts. It's an amazing um, uh, podcast. But he said sometimes people want to pick up the mic and they need to pick up a shovel. You know, and so for me, that's good. It, that's really good. It's so good, right? So picking up the shovel. Okay, so for me, I'm not like, no, I, I can't do any of this stuff now. You know, pastor needs me to preach. No, God, a lot of the times is saying, okay, Val, I, I am calling you to preach. I or I am calling you. I'm elevating you at this next level where pastor needs you. That has really nothing to do with kids ministry. Um, but there's some things I need to empower or I need to delegate that I'm not doing that I'm still holding on to. So I know that when God's asking me to do something, he's already made a way for me to do it. So if God's asking me to preach, but I'm like, I have no time. God's like, no, you do have the time. I need you to now look at your area, look at your season, look at where you're at. I need you to find either the person I need you to find the way to delegate. I need you to find the person to empower there, or I need you to let go of something. That's hard too. It is. Very hard. It's hard, especially because I'm thinking to myself, well, no, you know, I, I can't let go of that. I can't say no. And yeah. God's like, no, you can say no. I'm asking you to do this. But you're not saying no to this. You're still keeping it. And now you're going to be ca- you're going to have a cap at this level. Yeah. Because you're not letting go of something that's either done, the season's over, or you're not delegating or you're not finding that person Mm -hmm. that needs to be empowered to do something. So whenever I feel that tension of like, oh, God, okay, how am I going to do this? I now look at it as like, okay, God, I know since you're asking me to do this over here, you're elevating me here. Good. Let me look at what I'm currently doing and let me see what I can shift let go, empower, delegate, because that means you're you're trying to you're trying to tell me something. Yes, because then it turns from addition to multiplication. Yes, absolutely. So quickly, because now absolutely. you're not just you're multiplying your time. Now you're multiplying leaders. Yes. Now you're empowering them. Absolutely. Now you're raising them up. You're giving them authority. Absolutely. And it, it just continues and continues and continues. As soon absolutely. as you're able to, oh, this is so good. As soon as you're able to say no. Yep. And give up something, whether it's control, whether it's a passion, whether yep. it's a comfort. Yep. 
for the better good yep. of not only yourself, but everybody around you. Yep. That's so good. And it also, it kind of keeps me accountable with my time. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and this is just me preaching to myself, but sometimes, you know, you do have to go through your iPhone and look at where you're spending some of your time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate that. I hate that notification that I get. I'm like, uh, oops. Okay, but in my defense, I do social media for the church too. That's what I tell so myself too. I, <laughs> I tell myself, well, I do social media for Elevate and so for the Enneagram like, enthusiasts and I'm my, like, you, know. you know, you know, my Bible app isn't open as much. You know, it's because I actually physically go to my Bibles. So. I know. Yeah, can't base everything <laughs> off technology nowadays. But but I am saying though. But God's like, all right, it might not be your iPhone, but ballot could be. You know, sometimes I unplug. And, and unplugging for me is good because I am a go, go, go person. Mm-hmm. I am. So I for can relate me, to that, yeah. I, I don't, I don't not to toot my own horn, I don't err on the side of I'm just being lazy and I'm on social media 24-7 or I'm just um, binge watching on Netflix. That's not my character. But my character is to keep doing things God's asked me to let go of. Yes. And do it all. Well, we got some great insight there from Valerie, and I cannot wait for next week on part two as we continue in how to effectively lead a volunteer-based organization. Until next time, I hope you guys have a fantastic week and you are blessed. Go out and lead the best life you can possibly live.